inside fear gripped at my soul then my savior saw my need he said child trust in me Things is in his control, and you can trust the Lord. He knows what's best. Brother Michael, you come and pray. It's always a privilege to be able to preach. It's something I never take lightly. Um, when you give yourself to God, it's amazing what he'll do. It's amazing how it works in your life. You can ask my wife, this is not something that I ever saw myself doing. Um, and God, God's used me. So with that being said, um, I know we have some adults here, but you know, I tell every time that I preach, I, I know that many times I preach, you know, it's, it is geared towards you know, younger kids, but it's something that us adults can get something out of as well. All right? Even as an adult, the reason why I do this is I, I enjoy tricks, okay? Um, so I do, some people call it a gospel magician. Um, I do tricks, okay, which means that there is a gimmick behind it. There's a way that I can do things. So with that being said, I do not do, you know, any type of, you know, black magic or anything like that, okay? That's for, that's for the devil. It's not, not something I do. If you honestly want to know how I do something, um, you can come and ask the pastor, and he can ask me, and I'll tell him how I do it. If you come and ask me how I do things, I'm probably not going to tell you, Okay. <laughs> <coughs> So, um, if you have your Bibles, I want you to um, turn to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 59. And while you're getting your Bibles out, I've got something here. I like to do this, uh, you know, I think it, 
Uh, it helps when you have kids that pay attention. So I have hot fries. It says flaming hot. How many of you like hot fries? Raise your hand. Look, a lot of the... Yeah. All right, some of the adults have their hands up. Uh, this, my kids like these. These are sour trolley. How many of you like trolleys? Raise your hand. Oh, I can't do those. And last, I figured. All right, I want you to listen though, because in order to get those, I need you to do something. I just have a couple rules that I need you to do. All right, the first one is don't bother your neighbor. Okay, so don't bother the person beside of you. I need you to, to listen towards me. Um, if there, there's Bibles in front, I told you to turn to Isaiah 59. Um, you can have your Bible and you can have it there. You can share with somebody. I just ask that you listen. Okay, I want you to pay attention. I want you to keep your eyes up here. And I want you to listen to what I'm going to talk about. I am watching for three people that are doing just that. And at the end, after we are finished, I will pick three people. And adults, I'll even include you on the hot fries, all right? But it, I, I will, got three people that I will pick, and they will <laughs> be able to get something here, okay? If you have your Bibles, I told you to turn to Isaiah 55. I'm going to talk to you about, are you separated from God? Are you separated from God? Isaiah 59 and verse 1, it says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened. Listen, that it cannot save. Neither has his ear, I'm sorry, neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sin have hid his face from you, that he will not hear you. Are you separated from God? I want to talk to you a little bit, and you want to know how you can be separated from God? Well, I'm going to explain that to you. Here's one way that you can be separated from God, or the way that you can separate from God. It's sin. Sin will separate you from God. If I don't want to be close to God... All I have to do is get myself involved in some sin. That's all I have to do. Many of you sit here and you come to church every single week. I kind of question why you come because when you come, you're, you're busy messing with somebody or you don't, it's like you're not paying attention. When I come to church, I want to get so close to God and I want, I want God to speak to my heart that I want to get something out of it. You should too. Do me tell you why you're choosing to do what you're doing when you come? You're goofing off, you're playing, you think it's, you know, you're fun. The reason why? You're probably not saved. You've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart. So you think church is a joke. It's not. It's real. Listen to me. You say, what is sin? I want somebody to give me some example of what sin is. I want you to raise your hand. Don't holler out. I want you just to listen to me. Give me some example of sin. Right there. 
lying. You know what? I'll write that down. Lying. Who's got something else? Yes, ma'am. Disobedience. Okay, being disobedient. Who's got something else? Uh, right here. Yes, sir. I'm sorry? Greediness. Okay, since you brought it up, what does that mean? Oof. All right, my boy knows what he's talking about. <laughs> By the way, these kids will surprise you what they do now. I need one more. Give me one more. Yes, sir, right there in the back. Yes. Okay, give me an example. Being bad. Misbehaving. How about this? Not listening to authority. Not listen to authority. I see it all the time where, um, you know, kids are told to do something and, you know what, Pfft, I don't want to do that. I want to do what I want to do. Not listening to authority. I need one more just because I already have the paper here. So give me one more. Um, just because, you, Yes. Or right there. Yes. Yes. Thieving. Thieving. How do you thieve? Taking other people's things. Hmm. Told you. They're smart. All right, so thieving. Good job. Can I put stealing? Can I put stealing? All right. Is that the same thing? Yeah. All right, good. All right, so we got <coughs> stealing. So, sin separates us from God. And we read Isaiah 59, and it talked about how your iniquities, your iniquities is your sin. All right? Now, when your sin separates you from God, you have a problem. You see, there was a price that is paid for sin. There's a price. There's a price for sin. What do you think the going rate of lying is? Anybody want to guess? What is it? What do you think lying, what does that cost? It costs, um, like a gift from Jesus. Okay, what? Yes, ma'am. It causes uh, no trust. What does it cost? What price tag would you put on lying? Okay. Good. You see, many kids lie about where they've been and what they're doing, don't they? They go and decide to go do it anyway. Cost them their life. Because something happened. Because they were somewhere they shouldn't have been. You see, sin has a price. Yes. a bus kid preaching right there. Whew. For the wages of sin is death. You see, listen to me. There was a, there's a price to be paid 
God gave His only begotten Son to pay that price. Many of us don't. You, you, you sit here. I know we talk about crucifixion. I know we talk about God dying on the cross for us. But many of you, I've got to wonder, do you really understand what happened on that cross? Do you really understand what happened? Why Jesus died for us? He made a choice. You see, when, when, he, when he was on that cross and, and they were beating him and, and they, they were crucifying him, it was for me. It was for each and every one of you. And on that flip side, if I would have been living back in that time when, when Jesus was here on the earth and, and, and the, all this stuff was going on and they were those Roman soldiers and, and they were taking Jesus and, and I would have been hollering from the crowd to crucify him. That would have been me. You see, before I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, that was me. I was saying, crucify Him. He had no blame. He did nothing. But yet He loved us so much that He died for you and me. You see, sin is why we deserve to go to hell. Because of sin. Because of sin, we deserve to go to hell. Sin is not something that's pretty. Oh, it's fun for a season. It's just a season. Many of you right now think that, oh, well, I'm in church and, you know, <laughs> I'm good. I go to church. It's not going to keep you out of hell. Right. Oh, I, I put money in the offering plate every Sunday. It's not going to keep you out of hell. I, I, I gave so much to the church. I, I, I went on visitation with the pastor and, and I went and helped him uh, around, around the church. It's not good enough. You're still going to hell. The only way that you can keep from going to hell is to ask Jesus Christ to save you. That's the only way. Let me show you what these sins do. I can't imagine why somebody would choose hell. I don't get it. I, I just can't wrap my mind why they would choose hell. But in a group this size, matter of fact, I'll even go a step further because I have talked to people in this room. There are people in this room that have choose, chose, I'm not saved. They've told me I'm not saved. So guess what they are choosing? Choosing hell. You see, you can walk out that door right now. 
You could be sitting in the chair right where you're sitting and something could happen. And you're standing before the judgment seat. And God looks at you and says, Depart from me, for I never knew you. I played church for a long time. Everybody thought I was saved. But you know what? I wasn't. And when I got saved, I no longer chose hell. I chose the Father in heaven. Sin is a picture of hell. You start stealing. It's sin. Do you think God likes that? No, God doesn't like that. It is a picture of hell. Listen, there's not listening to authority. That's a big one right now because, you know what, a lot of you all, as you get older, you think that you don't have to listen. Even there's some adults that don't think that they have to listen to authority. Do you think adults, you know, you think, oh, I get older, man. I'm not going to have to listen to anybody. (laughs) You tell that to the police officer who just pulled you over because you were driving too fast. Not only that... I remember thinking, you know what? <clears throat> when I get older, I'm never. Go- I'm not going to tell my kids no. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to tell them, you know what? I'll take. I'll- We're going to go fishing every single day. I remember thinking that. I'm going to go fishing every day. I'm going to take my kids fishing. I got over it and realized, you know what? There's too many responsibilities. There's other things that's more important. I had to learn to listen to authority. Not only do I have to listen to authority, even even in I come to church and I've got to listen to authority here. You see, he's the pastor of the church. If he tells me, "Hey Michael, I need you to do this." I'm under authority. Do you know what my answer is always going to be? Yes, sir. sir. Every time. Because not only am I under authority, this is the ultimate authority. This is what matters. Now, if he tells me to do something that's not uh, in this book or it goes against this book, then I can say I'm not doing it. But as long as he's telling me, listen, if it says children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. And we're sitting here and somebody says, hey, I need you to be obedient. You're under authority. Not being under authority. That's that's what hell is going to be like. You think you don't have to listen? Yeah, you wait. We 
You say, I'm going to do whatever I want when I go to hell. Yeah. You go ahead. You ride that horse. Not listening to authority. Being disobedient. How many people are just disobedient? Or they're greedy. They love money. Don't, don't be greedy. The last one I have is lying. You know, a lot of people lie to themselves about this one. Oh, I'm saved. I don't want anybody to know that I believe in God. I, you know, they, they, if they had to take their Bible to school, they would tuck it underneath of their shirt and walk in like this because they're afraid to take a stand and stand up for this book. Don't lie to yourself. God, God wants you to take a stand. Lying. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 John 1. 1 John 1 real quick. John 1 9, the Bible says this If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and His word is not in us. Listen to me. <clears throat> the Bible says that if we confess with our mouth, it says, confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Right here is you. And this is a picture of sin. Now, is sin clean? No. No, we don't look at sin being clean, do we? We look at sin as being dirty. We look at sin as being dirty. And when I put this in there, is that clean or dirty? Dirty. Does anybody want to come up and drink this? No. Are you sure? Yes. I wouldn't. It's dirty and filthy. That's a picture of sin. See, the Bible says if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. Now, first of all, we have to establish that every single person in this room is a sinner. Every person in this room is a sinner. I don't, it doesn't matter who you are. You say... Mr. Haven, you sin? Only on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yes. I'm a sinner. 
I'm a sinner. I was, my parents were sinners. I was born a sinner. Each one of you was born a sinner. And you know what? When you realize that you're a sinner, then you need something, and that is that gift that we talked about. You see, you need Jesus Christ. I don't know why some of you refuse to accept Christ. Why do you reject him? I don't get it. My heart breaks for you. Because sin is, there's nothing pretty about sin. But Jesus Christ, he died on the cross to pay for that sin. When you ask Jesus Christ to save you, and he cleanses you from all unrighteousness, this is what it's like. This is what you look like right here. Filthy, dirty. You say, well, that's not as dirty as it was. Well, I'll tell you what, let's go ahead and make that really dirty because you are really bad. But I want you to look, because there's something that's going to happen here. When you ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and save you, and you allow the Holy Spirit to come in your life, there should be a change. You see, what was dirty has been cleaned. Because you're not the same person you used to be. There's a change in you. If you want to know if you're saved or not, there should be a change in your life. There's a song that says, the places I used to go, I don't go there anymore. The things I used to say, I don't say there anymore. Because there's been a great change since I've been born again. There should be a great change in your life. There should be a difference. If you have a difference in your life, you know that you have that that comfort that the Holy Spirit lives inside you. And you know what? Once you've asked Christ to come into your heart, once you're saved, you're always saved. You don't have to keep going back and, and, and asking Christ to save you again. It's a gift. Once He gives you a gift, it's over. It's settled in heaven. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. When you go before the judgment seat and God opens that up and He looks in there and He's looking for your name, He's going to look in there and He's going to say, huh, Mike Gordon, there it is right there. He only had to ask one time. He didn't have to keep asking again and again. Once you're saved, you're always saved. But listen, there should be fruit. There should be a difference. If there's not a difference in your life, then honestly, you need to get something settled. You're either not saved or you're so far, you've gotten so far away from God because there's so much sin in your life that you have, you can't even, God's turned His back to you. Many of you sitting here, I can see God has turned, had to turn His back because He can't look upon you because of the sin in your life. I'm so thankful that when I was growing up, I didn't have a cell phone. That's the destruction of our young people. 
they have access to things that they should not have access to. They have Google at the, the touch of a fingertip. They can Google anything from images that they ought not look at, how to make drugs, how to make bombs, whatever they want to look at. It's right there. It's a shame. Children that are left alone are left to destruction. What else are they going to do? You know what we need? We need moms and dads that love these kids. We need church people that if they don't have mom and dads at home that can love them the way they do. When they come to church, we love these kids. We show them the love of God. After we are saved, we need to serve God. We serve God by laying up our treasures in heaven. Not here on earth. Turn to Matthew 6.20. I'm sorry, Matthew 6 and then uh, verse 20. Matthew 6 and verse 20. The Bible says this, But lay up yourselves treasures in heaven where neither the moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. <clears throat> when you read that verse, if I want to know where your treasure is, you say, what kind of treasure are you talking about? Well, I'm so glad that you ask. Because it could be different types of treasure. You see, it could be money. Is money important to you? Is that a treasure? No. You see, you could do two things. You can either take this and go buy something that I want. You know, I mean, you know, some of you love these Takis. You could go buy a case of Takis. Or you could choose to put the money in the offering plate to give it to God. You have a choice. Say I choose to give it to God. Something else that you could give to God would be your time. You say, how can I give my time to God? Give me an example how you, not me, how you could give your time to God. By reading your Bible. Bible. Good one. Okay, you're giving your time. Okay, you're looking, how can you give your time? That is good. You can spend time with God. That is correct. Yes, right back there. Talk to him. Yes. Okay. You said go to the house of the Lord and pray with him. Why do you have to go to the house of the Lord? Where is the house of the Lord? In a church. church. Do you have to go to church to pray? No. No, You don't. How else could you give your time? How else could you give your time? Yes, sir. What? 
Go to church, okay. Yeah. Worship. Worship. What? Okay. You could give your time in several different ways, but a way that you could give your time is maybe you go on visitation. You give it to God. You say, you know what? I'm going to make time to go to visitation. I'm going to make time for God. Listen, teenagers, especially the ones that, that go here, your parents go here. I'm talking to you right now. You can make time for God if you want it to. You could go to him right now and say, Preacher, I need to make time for God. Is there something I can do? He's got a list this long right now, I'm telling you. He really does. We can serve God in so many different ways. If we just give Him our time, and I'm guilty of it too. I can make, the, make excuses why I don't want to. I, I can't. I got this to do. I can't. Shame on me. Maybe you have a talent. If I could pick up this piano right now, I wish I could just stuff it in that box. Because you can give your talents to God. Many people don't understand how much time this young lady spends playing this right here. You say, why? So she could play the songs that we're going to sing in church? That's why. It's that important that she is giving her time and her talent to God. Maybe you work somewhere. For me, I work at Roto-Rooter. You don't know how bad this wanted to end up in the baptistry this morning, but I refuse, okay? But I work at Roto-Rooter, and this is a Roto-Rooter duck. This is just an example of something that I can, I can use to illustrate this, but I, I give even my job, I give to the Lord. You see, there's things that come up that I can, I can do that I don't need a thank you here on earth. My thank you is up there. When I get there and, 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 and I open, God, God hands me and you have wood, hay, and stubble and, and you have all that there and, and all that burns up, what am I going to be left with? I want something to give back to God. After all, He was crucified for me. He gave His life for me. I've been very open with you about things that I've had to give to God. And one of them, man, I look good. I'm joking. It's a picture of our wedding. I had to give her to the Lord. Your family. You just go ahead and give it to God. 
Lay the treasures up in heaven. You know what, Lord? If, if, you, if you can use this situation, use it to your will. If that means that God's going to take my life or take her life or take one of the boys' life, you say, that's terrible. Yes, it is terrible, but you know what? If God gets the glory for it, so be it. I mean it. I honestly, truly mean it. I'm not going to stop serving God. I've already made up my mind. I am not stop serving God if something happens to that woman right there. There's a pretty good chance it's going to, too. But I'm okay with it. Because you know what? I'm going to see her again in heaven. Because she's accepted Christ as her Savior, and I've accepted Christ as my Savior, and we've talked to her, and, and I have peace in my heart, and I know she has peace in her heart. I'm okay with it. Maybe you need to give your entire family to God. I'm learning through being at church and hearing preaching and encouragement from people here to trust God. Trust God. When you give all of that stuff to God, your money, your talents, your treasures, your time, you just give it to God and let Him take care of it. It's His. You say, well, I want something back now. You're not going to get anything back now if you give it to God. It belongs to Him. I want to be honest with you. I don't like it when people tell me thank you when I'm doing something for the Lord. I don't. I don't. I would rather you not say thank you. My thank you is going to be up there. I mean, I think it is good manners. Don't get me wrong. But I want to give everything to God. I'm laying up my treasures. You say, that's a lot of treasure in there, isn't it? How many of you would like to have all the money that I just put in there? How many of you would like to have all the money that I make in a year's time at work? You know what? I'm giving it to God. And when I give it to God, I don't get rewarded here on earth. My reward is in heaven. It's not here. It's not, this earth is not it. It's in heaven. It's in heaven where I'll get my reward. I don't need to store it up here. I need to give it to God and say, Lord, it's yours. You can't lay up treasures in heaven till you've accepted Christ as your Savior. Can't. Right now, if you're doing things around the church, if you're, you know, doing in whatever, you're obeying your parents, you're not storing anything. It's not till you accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior that you get the opportunity to start storing in heaven. And there's going to be a time when you stand before the Lord and if you, there is, you've accepted Christ as your Savior, but you haven't stored anything away. 
You're not going to have anything to offer back to him. I don't want that to be me. Not after what Christ has done. I want, to, I, want to, I want him to say, well done, that good and faithful servant. And then I want, to, I want to be able to hand him all of the treasures and, and the precious stones. I want to be able to hand him my crown. Because he's king. And I'm a child of the king. Some of you need to get it settled. Some of you need to get it settled right now because I'm telling you, it's not going to be long. My God's coming back. And He's going to take us home. And I look forward to the day. But I'm telling you, with what's going on over in Israel and and the, the fighting and stuff, you start reading the Bible, the King is coming. Amen. It's not long. Please don't wait. Have you accepted Christ? Have you accepted Christ? Heads bowed, eyes closed. Nobody looking around.